What's up, everybody? Today, I'm very excited to announce my guest. He's a former wide receiver for Laney College, a spotlight star on Netflix's top show, Last Chance You, absolute dog on the football field, RJ Stern. What's up, brother? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm just chilling, man. But uh, let's start this show off, bro. Let's uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, your hometown, Oakland, California, how it uh, helped mold you to the man you are. I know we saw a little bit of what Oakland's like on Last Chance U, but I kind of want to hear it just from your eyes and your perspective. Yeah, man. So I'm actually, I'm not from Oakland. I was just, I went to school there, but I'm, I'm pretty much just, if it's in California, I live there at some point. Does that make sense? So yeah. I've lived in Southern California for a little bit, but I spent most of my time, I was in Richmond, you know, El Sobrane, I was in uh, Sassoon, I was in Fairfield. Um, I've, I was in Berkeley for the last five years. And then obviously I spent a ton of time in Oakland. So living in those areas, um, you see a lot of different stuff. You get a lot of different perspective on like what's life like for, for other groups of people outside yourself. But it also is just not having my dad around a lot. And then the, uh, the weird dynamic with my mom, it just made me grow up a lot faster than I had to. But to talk about Oakland, is just you got to be a different kind of cat to go play football, you know, for John Beam in Oakland, California. You just – you got to have – he's – they're very good at weeding out the – the the quitters man you know the the cats you know we want dogs okay so we don't we don't want the the weirdos the the guys who don't want to put in the work the the guy we're feisty we're in your face we're you know we you know we don't mess around and um yeah so if you're not about that you gotta you gotta hit the road just straight up um and uh you know i don't it's hard for me because i grew up in places like oakland my whole life so to me they're just regular people but Having been to like places like Arkansas, Tennessee, Texas, Oregon, Washington, like they're definitely it's definitely a different environment. So again, you just have to be a different kind of uh, dude or or girl to grow up and succeed and thrive in those uh, situations. Right. Like I used to live in Seattle. I lived in Seattle for about five years of my life, and now I live over in Erie, Pennsylvania, and it's completely different. Erie's more like a more like an Oakland, you know, a little bit, you know a lot of like homeless, a lot of low class stuff like that um, people. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously like I'm living near Seattle and it's like, you see t- tall skyscrapers, just like kind of both. Cause like Oakland has a little bit of both and it's just crazy. But um, so I, I'm in the same boat, man. I've seen like a bunch of different things, you know, I've lived, I've been really rich. I've been really poor. I've been in the middle, you know, I've just been kind of everywhere, you know? Yeah. But uh, so let's talk about a little bit about like your recruiting process out of high school. Like, where you played your high school ball at and how you ended up at like Laney college, stuff like that. So that's, that's a crazy story in of itself, man. I, I went to De Anza high school out in Richmond, California. I played all four years there. Um, and to be honest, like I was just a really good athlete. Um, but I was, I was a jack of all trades, master and none type of guy. I could catch the ball. I could run real fast. I could, I could do what I needed to do to be successful out there, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I didn't understand football that well. Like, it's kind of amazing that I was able to do anything up there um, having virtually no knowledge of the game. It would just kind of came naturally to me, you know, I just, especially receiver. And, uh, you know, I knew that if I wanted to play at the next level, it was going to be a receiver. And so coming out of high school, zero college interest. Not even, I didn't have Juco interest. And I was like, well, there's, and there was only one other junior college talking to me. That was Contra Costa college. I wound up not playing football there at all. I, uh, you know, I, I under-enrolled in units. I also was dealing with an injury, but I just, I just, it felt like I was still at my high school, you know, when I was a country, because everyone I knew was there. I was like, yeah, like, I'm not going to get better going here. So 
I heard about Laney. And up until that point, I knew nothing about Laney. I knew that they had come and talked to me one time, um, but they were talking to everybody. They weren't necessarily interested in me. I just knew that they had a really good program and they had a, you know, a, so to speak, legendary head coach and John Beam and that that would be a good environment for me to go get, you know, test my skills out, see if I see what I'm really made of. And so in February or no, January of 2017, I came to Laney and it was basically like walking on somewhere. They didn't know who I was or where I went to high school or where I came from. They didn't even know my name. And I just kept my head down, worked my tail off. And um, eventually got the attention of coach beam. He was like, okay, this guy's a worker. This guy's like, seriously, like he just doesn't stop. He has a motor. So I got recognized for that pretty often. And then I also got recognized for the fact that I didn't understand football. So there was a lot of angry, you know, like just you dumb mother. Why do you look at yourself in the mirror? You know, like dye your hair, anything but blonde, you know, just all kinds of stuff, man. But, um, you know, I just kept working and kept learning. And by week five of that, of my freshman year, I was a starting receiver. I played mainly in the slot, um, scored my first touchdown that week as well. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, I was primed in going into 2018 to have a breakout season. And the season didn't start out the way that I wanted it to. Uh, and partly, part of that was I was trying to balance a work schedule, a school schedule, a relationship, and a football season all in one. And I was doing a terrible job of it. I was just, I was burned out. And um, I was starting to have trouble even having fun at that point. Not that I don't love football, couldn't have fun with it, but that's where I was at. And then it's almost like fate because I remember the bus ride up to Feather River where I got hurt. Um, I was thinking to myself, like, is football really, you know, like what I want to do? Was I was actually questioning it, man. I was questioning my my love for the game, and I always came to the conclusion that yes, this is what I want to do. But I feel like that was a, a defining moment for me because that same game, I I laid out for a ball, I wound up spraining my neck, having a concussion, and then we later found out I had a very severe sports hernia, which is when your abdominal your abdominal muscle rips from your pelvic bone, or you just have like a tear. Mine was from the lower from the pelvic bone, and so. It was a it was a long shot that I was going to be able to even play again, man. I mean, it took me 10 months of rehab to get through that injury, you know, from September 15th to April 10th. It was tough. And then after that, I just had so much more gratitude for playing football and being in the opportunity, being given the opportunity to play football. And I just decided, you know, that I was going to have fun with this. I was going to enjoy it and I wasn't going to let anybody ruin it for me. Um, and I just... I just got better every day and I wound up starting like I knew I would start and had a, had a pretty good, had the best season of my career up until this point. And so it's been, a, it's been a long journey, man. Um, and then um, my recruiting process, as far as like out of the junior college level, I had three, three division two offers and um, you know, no one wants to go division two or division three out of the junior college, but the way I look at it is it's not the destination. It's the journey. Like, where are you going to get better? Where are you going to grow? Where are you going to be utilized to the top of your potential? So it wasn't important to me if it was Division Two or not. What was important to me was, was I going to get better there? And, I, you know, no disrespect to any of those programs. I wish them well and I appreciate them for offering me those opportunities. I just didn't feel like that was the level where I was going to get better at, if that makes sense. And so um, I, know, I know you're going to ask this later, so I'll, I'll cover it now. Um, I did commit to Tusculum initially. Um, but I was, I felt like I was there for the wrong reasons. And I just had this gut instinct, like RJ, go back home, 
go back home and wait this thing out. It's going to work out. And I, there was no rationality to it. It was just something in my gut that told me go just, you know, like just decommit, leave. So I did that and it has paid off beautifully. I'm like the amount of division one and division two attention I've been getting is just pure insanity. I would have never expected this to happen of all things, you know, because at least to my knowledge, the show doesn't do that for guys. That's, that's what I was told because those guys are already signed, but then I didn't take into account that I'm not signed. So obviously there's going to be a lot of attention. And it was just, it was just crazy, man. You know, like, I'm just, I just feel so thankful. It still feels like I'm dreaming, you know, like, yeah, it's just wild. But that's, that's, that's pretty much my story and my process at Laney college up until this point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's basically, bro, like you became a star overnight and I was going to kind of touch on it a little bit earlier, but we can just do it now, bro. Fuck it. Uh, like literally, bro, like, like the show always, like everyone's signed, like, and it's always like the spotlight players are always going D1, bro. Like you're not seeing like, you know, got, like I kind of talked to you a little bit, like we were talking for about 10 minutes before, you know, we even, I hit record, but you know, like I was explaining to you, bro, it's always like dudes getting in trouble and getting sent down. Like they're former D one guys. There's never, they never spotlight guys like you until this season, bro. Like you just bust your ass, bro. And like, that's what I respect the most. I think that's what the fans respect the most is like, bro, you're just like a wholehearted dude. And like, and I'm a big trust your gut guy as well. And bro, like trusting your gut's going to pay off because like, obviously this show dropped like a week ago and now like you're getting those D one looks and like your dream school cow, bro. You never know. Never know, man. Even if even if it's a perf- preferred walk-on, you know, I will take that because I know I'll earn a scholarship. Exactly. Um, but yeah, man, it's just it's crazy. It's it's crazy because these are schools that I only dreamed of getting talked to by or hit me up, and it's just wild. Exactly. Um, no offer yet, but you know, the the interest in of itself is just mind blowing. Exactly. You know, talking to you guys being being in the loop. So let's let's go back a little bit. Explain kind of how difficult it is to play at Laney as opposed to some other JUCOs. You know, like you guys had to find your own housing. You had like little to no financial aid. You know, you guys had to like feed yourselves, stuff like that. They kind of touched on it a little bit with Dior. They didn't really touch on it like too much with you and stuff. Kind of just give us like your perspective um, from like, you know, not necessarily like what the show portrayed, but like kind of really like what it's like. Like what's the actual struggle like? Yeah, sure. So I would actually say the show does a good job of portraying what the struggle is like. And, you know, I think that's embodied by the fact that our one of our best players was sleeping in his car. Um, which is, you know, it's just crazy. It's just, I have so much respect for that guy. Um, like, I can't imagine sleeping. Like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. crazy. But basically, in California, we don't have dorms. We don't have meal plans. We don't have scholarships. None of that. It's hard and it's especially hard if you're an out-of-state guy so a good teammate of mine a great friend of mine a Quante Morris or tight end hybrid kind of guy he's featured on the show a little yeah. bit he's from Las Vegas I believe his first year out here he had to take out like a pretty significant loan just to be able to afford housing at a you know a janky spot in West Oakland um so it's it's tough man you know and then he doesn't qual. I don't know I don't know that he qualified for financial aid because he's out of state um, and so it's tough. Like the only, the only silver lining is that depending on your financial situation with your parents, you can qualify for a pretty decent amount of money per semester, about three grand, but to stretch $3,300 for six months per semester, it's tough. 
you know, like it's virtually nothing in California. You know what I mean? So it really is that difficult, dude. And it, it takes a different kind of cat to play at Laney. I mean, I can't tell you how many talented football players I have run into there who don't make it past a week. And I mean, they're talented, like, but they just don't last. We had a guy, my freshman year there, he was from Mississippi and he had, he had, he had an offer from Ole Miss, I believe, but they had to send him to a Juco because he didn't have grades. That dude last, literally he lasted three days and he left. I'm not kidding. He went back home. And I, I don't know what it was, whether it was for um, the situation or what have you, but he left. And um, Laney is just, they're not, they're not here to stroke your ego. They're not here to, um, necess- they're, they're, they're definitely there to get guys out, but their number one goal is to win games. And they want guys who want to win games, right? And so if you're not that guy, if you can't help us win because you can't check your ego at the door, you got to go. You got to leave. And not a lot of JUCOs are like that. A lot of other JUCOs are about, well, we want to get guys out, and we don't really care how many games we win. Obviously, we'd like to win games, but the bigger goal is getting guys out. And I, that's fine with me. You know, that's dope. But I would say that it makes it easier to go to, a, to another place um, and play there more consistently because of that reason than it is to come to Laney and do that. And also, if you can't, if you can't take it and cussed out, every single day you're you're not gonna make it dude i i literally got cussed out every single day by coach Bean. yeah for sure yeah. um so when did you kind of find out last chance you was coming to laney were you surprised and like kind of were you a fan of the show before you found out they were coming so here's here's the crazy thing dude i actually up until that point hadn't watched the show at all i didn't well i didn't i don't i'm not a big tv i don't really watch a lot of shows um, but I always thought to myself, like, man, like, that would be a really dope show to be on. Like, for years, ever since it came, I was like, man, that would be sick to be on. That would, you know, that's awesome, right? That was just always in the back of my mind. And basically in April of, of, 19, of 2019, you know, I, I, get to, I get to school and we're, we're about to practice and stuff. And I'm like, I see all these cameras. And before we start up, Coach Beam's like, all right, we got people here today. We're going to film you. And he's, like, super exasperated. Like, he just – it doesn't matter at all. He's like, just – don't pay attention to it, dude. It's not that serious. Do what you got to do. And then, you know, get the fuck out of here. You know, just a typical good old fashioned coach beam, uh, pre-practice speech. Those are the best things in the world, in my opinion. But, um, yeah. And so like it all dawned on us, like, wait a minute, is this last chance of you? Oh shit. You know, cause they're doing test footage and, you know, like I saw, I saw one of the backs of their shirts and it said last chance of you. And I was like, you know, oh shit. And then they were gone, and we didn't see them for a couple months. And we were like, oh, shit, you know, we scared them off. <laughs> right? And then summer ball goes by, and then we get to the first week of fall camp. And I'm actually running a little late. Bart was kind of janky that day, and I'm, I'm running to practice. I run upstairs. I'm literally two minutes before our, our, our team meeting starts. And I walk upstairs, and I just see a hallway full of people with these black shirts on and cameras and equipment. And I'm like, Oh shit, you know, and I'm like, oh my god, and and there's and you know they they announced to us that we're gonna be on Last Chance U, and I was like, oh my, what? And like it, but and for me that was a special moment because I realized like everything happens for a reason, everything comes full circle. If I hadn't gotten hurt that year, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be on that show and to tell my story. And so for me, it was like it was beautiful. It was like wow, dude, like. 
what the you know like what are the odds you know what i mean right and um so yeah it was it was definitely exciting i all but i i didn't have any aspirations of like oh, i hope they come talk to me like obviously that would be cool but i was just worried about getting better and like whoever they chose is who they chose but they want so who up. who chooses like do, do the producers of the show choose or does like they get the input of john beam and then he says this guy this guy this guy's a dog like pick them they got cool stories like how's that work i believe it's both i believe it's both so um i was i think i was actually the last guy they walked up to and talked to um because again i get yelled at a lot i get like a lot dude I'll, I'll do something right and i will get yelled at i'm not kidding um like yeah like uh so one day i was just it was our second scrimmage inner squad scrimmage of the year before we went scrimmage uh sac city um the next week and i had a really good game you know i i was i was doing i was doing really well and so um i come off the sideline they tell me you know you're done for the day good job today and you know greg and daniel um, you know, they walk up to me and they're like, what's your name, man? Like, what's your story? Like, how do you get here every day? And I start talking to them and they just like, they look at each other, look at me. And then they like, they start, they starts to, the conversation starts to carry a little more. And like, well, we'd love to follow you home on bar one day. And like, could you, would you be open to letting, uh, letting us do that? And I was like, yeah, man, it's dope. So I'm thinking like, oh, maybe I'll be in the intro for like how kids get to school. That's cool. Like I can say, ah, oh, you know, look, but like little did I know, like that would lead to interviews and you know just tons of camera time and just just all this interest in in my life and being give, being given a platform to tell my story so i don't know what beam told them about me or whether or not to go talk to me um but you know if he did i'm i'm very grateful because everything's kind of yeah we're going to touch on it a little bit later but like he definitely i get the vibe because like it it just reminds me a lot of my high school football coach cuz I was the same way bro like I was so unfamiliar with football I'd never played I played like outside linebacker D end O line at a buck 50 bro like and so I was getting screamed at dog every day and like now looking back at it bro we have like such a mutual respect for each other and I'm pretty sure that's how it is with you and, and coach Beam as well like at, even at towards the end he was just like like I got a lot of respect for that dude or something. I don't remember. I only watched it once, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of mutual respect there. It definitely is, man. Um, <clears throat> like I'll, I'll talk about, I'll talk about this. So there's points in the show where I, we get into it, but they don't show is like us like talking through it and being over it. The, but the problem with us was he wasn't aware of my situation and that's, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's anyone's fault. I'm of the opinion that nothing else matters except what you do today and how hard you work. You shouldn't have an, ex you shouldn't have an excuse. You shouldn't um, make an excuse. You know, there is no excuse to not come in and do your job. And so I never asked for help. I never talked to anybody about my problems and I never just, I never, like if I had a bad day and it was because of what was going on outside of football, I never talked about it. I just was like, no, dude, you got to get out of this, right? You got to do something you know, you got to get better somehow. So like, why are like, there's no point in sitting here feeling sorry for yourself and your situation. Like who cares that stuff is messed up outside of football? You know, like that's why you're trying to get that. That's why you're, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get away from that. So if you take away from your time during practice, it's going to take away from your chances of succeeding. And, you know, that's not necessarily always the healthiest way to deal with it because um, it's definitely hard on your, on your, on your mental. 
right? And so, but me and BM just, quite frankly, we just never talked about those things. And, you know, ever, you know, I would say for the last four weeks, me and him have talked, you know, twice a week on the phone, you know, the conversation times vary, but, you know, we definitely care, care about each other and uh, we're all good. Help me get, all... help me get him on the show, bro. <laughs> my best. I will do my best. <laughs> but uh, like if my DMs are crazy, I can't imagine what his are like. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I didn't even try, bro. I was like, I ain't got no shot in hell. <laughs> but uh, so you were instantly a fan favorite, my guy. Um, you know, were you like, were you happy with the way the producers portrayed you? Um, and did they leave anything out that you like kind of wish they would include? So I, no, I think, I think what they showed was accurate. Um, because what they're doing is they're, they're giving you an insider look at our story, but they're also showing it in a way that that's how it would be viewed as, because you can't really always know what goes on inside. You know what I mean? But um, the only, there are a couple things. So, and I get it. It's a reality. You have to have, you know, you have to have some, some discord. And this was definitely a point of discord. Me and my vertical routes. Okay. So here's the truth. Yes. Every once in a while I get excited because I know I'm potentially getting a, a deep shot and I rush my release at the line. I, you know, or maybe like I beat the, I beat the guy at the line, but I don't restack that well. But I would, I would say 95% of the time that wasn't the case. Like it really wasn't. And so it felt like uh, it was uh, it was cherry picking to me whenever Beam did have a problem with it because I would I beat guys vertically all the time I just never got the ball all the time by like by like three or four yards okay like I'm not that fast but I can run oh so, yeah I would say if they had shown mine and Rajon's uh, one on ones like more of them like I think that would have given guys a much better idea of like what I'm actually capable of and that I'm not just like Cause some people think I was like whining or, or bitching and complaining and like not working on what I need to work on. And that's just not true. And you know, like those are, I feel like those people are probably far and few in between, but it was frustrating not seeing that body of work that me and him had between each other because we had a mutual respect for one another. We only went one-on-ones with each other and um, it was 50, 50, I would say it really was. Yeah. And um, it was, I was, so I, that's just one thing I wish they would have included. May, you know, just to like give people a better perspective of like, here's what Coach Beam is saying, but here's what I'm doing at practice. So then other people could decide more thoroughly, like right. what to think about that. But at the end of the day, man, it is what it is, you know, right. I have to get it back. Yeah. Kind of like I mentioned earlier, bro. Like I think you're the, probably one of the most relatable characters on the show. And that's why like, as soon as like I start, I, I was at like episode four and I think I DM'd you and you, and you got back to me within 10 minutes. I know your DMs have been crazy, but like you still managed yeah. to get back to me. I appreciate that by the way. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, that's just why, like, you know, you're kind of telling me before the show, you're just, a, you, you consider yourself an average Joe, you know, you just, you do your thing, you grind, you ball out and you just happen to be on one of the best TV shows in America but like no big deal or anything, bro. <laughs> but uh, so we, we, <laughs> we kind of touched on it a, a few minutes ago, but let's just kind of, uh, you know, talk about your relationship with Coach Beam. Um, I know you guys seem to butt heads a bit on the show, but I just kind of want to know what your relationship's like off camera. So I would actually say, no, nah, they did a pretty good job of portraying our relationship, I think, up until that point. Um, and again, it's partly, it's no one's fault. We just didn't communicate certain things, right? Um, but our relationship was basically, you know, I can be a bit of a klutz in his eyes or, or a dumbass, if you will. And 
you know, he doesn't have time for that. And I totally respect that. I get that person. I get it, you know, cause I don't like dealing with people who don't know what they're doing either. I can't tell you how many times like teammates or like other people were like, Hey, what am I doing on this? And it's like, Oh my Lord. You know, like this is why we're not good guys. Um, you know, no, no shade or anything, but like, so I get it. Right. And so he was hard on me. He was really hard on me, but I've had a hard life. Um, not as hard as some, I've been very fortunate to have the things that I do have. Um, but I just recognize that some people are just, they're going to be hard on you for whatever reason, whether it's because they want to see you get better, or maybe they just, they don't like something that you do, whatever it might be. Um, it's for a reason. And most times I think with coaches, it's a good reason. Um, and actually the times that we butted head on camera, it's funny, man. Like those sound, those sound bites that they use were all from the same week, but they kind of sprinkle it in all in like throughout the show. Um, and that was just like, I was just really frustrated after we played Butte because I felt like throwing the ball deep to me would have made a big difference. And if I had put in, if I had been put in certain spots that we did throw the ball, it just wasn't to me that we would have, we would have actually won that game. And to know that you can make a difference and then basically being rendered useless the whole time was frustrating. And I got really emotional and I said some things that, you know, obviously I don't mean because I, I have a lot of respect for coach Beeman. He is, he is a legendary head coach. So yeah, I, I would say our relationship was, was cool, but I wouldn't really call it a relationship. If that makes sense. It, like the relationship he has with Beam, I mean, with, a, with Dior, with Ray, with new, with all these other guys was, I think a lot stronger during the season. And um, again, it's no one's fault, but you know, right now we're, we're awesome, man. I love that guy. Seriously. I, I, get, I really get why players pick up his phone calls after he's done coaching them. I really understand it. Awesome. He's, an, he's a great dude. Seriously. Yeah, and I get those vibes. I love the fact that Coach Beam isn't the – like he yells, right? He yells, but he's not like the coaches from other last chance you seasons. I don't know if you've ever watched any of the other seasons, but yeah, but they're insane, like throwing hands with other dudes, like – the shit they say, it's just ridiculous. And it gets to the point where the show is not even good because of how much drama there is. So I love that Coach Beam is hard on you guys, right? But he's hard yeah. to a certain extent that he genuinely wants you to be better. And he's genuinely, like, getting you ready for life. Like, living in California, bro, cost of living is insane. I know you know that. But, like, bro, like, I feel like half of the dudes on that team wouldn't even be, like, mentally prepared for life if it wasn't for Coach Beam's guidance. And I don't know if you could second that or not, but. 100%. So. He just, he's willing to teach you lessons about yourself and about life that other right. coaches just don't care to. I don't right. hear anybody right. on the other, the previous season saying that no one's going to babe, that no one's going to like hold your hand. Well, I mean, they do, but like, they're not doing it in a constructive way. Like Beam is just real with it. You know, he's like, dude, look, if you're not showing up to practice, why the hell would I play you? You know, like, you, I, I've never heard people on the other shows uh, saying anything like that. Players would not show up to practice, and they would still get playtime. Or with the jersey number thing, he's like, the players make the numbers, bro. Not like, don't come in my office complaining no, about a jersey like, number. Coaches, right. But like, what I respect about it was he wasn't a dick about it. I can't right. tell you how many coaches have been like, get the fuck out of my face with that shit. It's like, that's not productive, like, right. at all. Just it's It's little things that he does that are different from other coaches, but – it's the way that he does those things that separates him and puts him at a at a higher tier than those guys, in my opinion. And he's not over dramatic, you know, like he's himself no matter what. Yeah. So I know you're starting to garner a little bit more interest from higher schools now. Um, but 
during the season, you know, a lot of people obviously didn't know this, but um, so the cut, the question is just like, you seem to like play with a really just massive chip on your shoulder, bro. And you play like super well, like your, your tapes there, everything's there. Like you grind, bro. You're an absolute hard worker. I'm sure if anybody were to ask coach beam, if you're a hard worker, he would back your ass up in a second. So why do you think big schools weren't reaching out to you during the show? I know they're reaching out to you now a little bit, but why aren't they reaching out to you during the show? I mean, I mean, plain and simple, it's like no one knew that I was going to be a part of this show except for people that were there. So no one – and no one can see, like, what kind of person I am just, like, on the outside. Like, oh, here's this kid DMing me on Twitter or calling me, asking about po- a possible walk-ons uh, opportunity. You know, so it's just like I have a million other kids in America I could reach out to. Why would I talk to you type deal? I'm not saying that's their train of thought. I'm just saying, like, they're busy, you know, right. and, like they're not going to take certain things like that into account. Um, and I don't know, man, it might just be a culture thing. I'm not used to the division one. Uh, I'm not, I'm not used to talking to division one coaches. I've only been doing it for a week. It's weird to me, but you know, they're just regular people who like, they get sidetracked. They have guys that they want to pursue. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, I really couldn't tell you why coaches weren't reaching out to me. I really couldn't. I, I maybe it's just because like, sure I have good film but like it's not like I was like leading the state in recept in receptions or yards or touchdowns um and so it's like why would we go get this junior college guy who doesn't lead a statistical category at all um so I I get it but at the same time it's like if you look at what I did do and how I did play I think you know it would have changed some minds so yeah, I'm, like again, a lethal, lethal oh. slot guy for a maybe not, maybe not like that top like Clemson or Ohio State or a team like that, but like, bro, you could easily get out there and play for like Cal or something like that and just be a, well, a dominant slot guy. The way I look at it is like, dude, I always rise to the to an occasion. The higher the stakes, the better I perform. All my best plays came when I was under pressure. I had a touchdown on third down and long against Modesto. We were down a touchdown. That put us up one. Or it was tied, I believe. That put us up, right? The 61-yard bomb for a touchdown. We were playing San Mateo. We needed a big play on first down or, to, like, to pick up a first down. We roll out. They throw me a – Ryan throws me a straight dot. And I make – and I adjust to it and get both feet in bounds, right? Then I have that touchdown on, I think it was, like, second and long or second and goal or something like that from the 25-yard line touchdown that puts us right back in the game you know they were beating us I think 28 to 7 they were beating the crap out of us and so anytime someone has they have called on me to make a play I've done it you know what I mean I've always done things to put us in a position to be successful and um I pride myself on that so that's why you know I kind of just felt disrespected altogether um I don't know if I was getting sidetracked there. I forget where I was going with that. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good, bro. Uh, so on to the next question. What's it like kind of trying to prepare for games, you know, study film and all that with cameras everywhere, and did it ever create a distraction? No, not at all. Those, those people, you know, Terry, Daniel, Greg, um, Ashley, all those, all those guys, you know, the, the countless amount of people who worked on the show, they were so down to earth. You know, they were basically family. So it wasn't like, I don't know how to ex- explain it. It was just like, oh, like how we go to meetings, you know, at one o'clock and how we go lift. Like, oh, it's the same thing as, oh, they're in here for our meetings. They're watching us. They're filming us lift. 
Like, it's just a part of it. They became a part of the Laney College football family. Um, so it wasn't a distraction. It wasn't weird. It was just normal. You know, there we would never. Would... There was never, like, a time when, like, maybe Coach Beam's heated and he's just like, get that camera out of my face. Because I know in, like, past seasons, someone's interviewed, like, other coaches and whatnot, and they would, like – they would like snap back and say, "Get that out of my face" and shit like that. Nothing. I'm a they want to look hard. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's facts, bro. Everyone's trying to look hard. <laughs> always the dudes. You know, no disrespect to anybody, but the, that sounds like to me is like I've never met somebody who was a, uh, you know, like, excuse my language, but with the shit, who was just like, "Get that out of my face," or, like, "Get that out of my," like, they don't, they don't say nothing. You know, silent but deadly. Right. Same concept. <laughs> when you're not running your mouth, it's because there's nothing going on up here. That's okay? facts. Quiet and observant, it's because you could say a whole lot of stuff. You're you're, you're taking all the information. I don't know. That's that's why I think about guys like that. Like it's just dramatic. Like there's no need to do that. They're just there doing their job. That's so, facts. Yeah, that's yeah, what's none up. of them did. Yeah. That's cool. That's what's up. Um. So aside from you, of course, who is the best player from that team that was featured on Last Chance? You. Aside from me. <laughs> You can pick two if you want. One on the offense, one on the defense. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious who I think the best player is. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think Randy or Habit. I think I think those guys are amazing. Obviously, I went one on one with Ray every single day, and you know he certainly tested me. He, I mean, the reason I'm, I became a good route runner was because I went one on ones with him every single day. Um, so I, I owe a lot of that to him, just being able to get that kind of work. He's ob- he's the best corner I've ever seen, you know, in front of me. Seriously, Same. agreed. Yeah, he made guys who I went up against every week look like absolute hot garbage. I mean, they were just not good. I was just like, what the fuck are you guys play college football? Are you serious? It was just crazy to me. And then you know, Dior's a baller, man. Straight up baller. Like kid does stuff on the football field that kids his size are scared to do and just can never dream of doing. He's super athletic. Um, but another one that I want to shout out is severely underrated is my boy Quante Morris. Agreed, bro. Bro, he is an animal. I swear to God. I had a I had a punt return and I I don't know why they didn't show it. Probably because I didn't I ended up not scoring. Um but it was like for like 50 or some yards and he put three dudes on their ass at the same time. A Quante is five foot ten. Okay. That's generous mind you. He has but he's he's yoked, right? And he was just mauling dudes like twice his size he's just oh, i was like what the fuck and anytime this kid got the ball in his hands he made positive yards big plays he had a couple one-handed catches i mean that dude to me was one of our best players where's he balling at bro oh he's he's walking on um i think at grambling state don't quote me on that i i think it's that one i think it's grambling state though that's that's what's up, man. I like to see everybody win. Anybody else go D one that no one really knew about on the show, or, or was it just like kind of the featured guys, and that's really all that really happened? Yeah, um, uh, plenty of guys. Amir, what's his last name? Oh, I can't remember Amir's last name. Oh, he's gonna hate me. But Amir, our defensive lineman, number forty-eight. He went. He he got a full ride to to Wazoo, Washington State. That's what's oh, up. Oh, and then our punter, our punter, the Australian kid. Um, Josh Green, he's a uh, he's up at uh, he's up at Oregon State with Ray and his brother and Jordan. 
That's what's up. Why didn't they feature any of those guys? I feel like in in other seasons they featured a lot more players. This season they just kind of just you know they had like the, like the four or five of you and then. Well, I mean, the way I look at it, dude, is like I think it's easier to feature other guys because their yeah. stories are all pretty similar, and you can spend more time with other dudes. It's because it's just like yeah, they're all saying the same stuff, but <laughs> yeah, yours, mine, Ray's, and new right. stories are just so, so they're very different. Yeah, they're very different. You know what I mean? And so they take a lot more time to explore and to tell and to focus on. And um, that's that's my guess. Although I I think guys like Aquante and Josh and and um and you know like those guys they would have made great additions. But I also understand that like a lot of guys were nervous about being on camera. Like my boy KP was just like, "Don't put me on camera, folks." How he talked. He we have like an inside joke. If he ever sees us, he'll. We just anyway, but he he would not he hated being on camera because he knew he would say something stupid, and um, so yeah, like I knew that guys were just like, yeah, don't put me on camera. I'm gonna say some reckless shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it could have been one of those things. Like they just don't want the attention, or I don't know. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, so what was your reaction to the show dropping, and how big of a following did you get right after the shit dropped? All right, my reaction was like, whoa. I can't believe I'm on TV. Like I couldn't sleep that night. I watched not only on TV, bro, but like every fucking kid in America is watching this show. Yeah, it's crazy. But that Monday, like my follower, I only had like 1,300 followers. The next day, I had like 7,000 followers. And then right now, I I don't even know how many. You're at like 14k, something like that. 14, 15, something like that. I have more. I, like, I was, I was actually checking my Instagram. I have, I had eighteen point six or something. Oh shit! You grew since yeah. yesterday, dog. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been, I've been gaining like seven thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, I've been gaining a thousand to fifteen hundred a day, consistently. Weird. It's weird. It's it's weird. Hey man, you got to be smart with it though. You got to start branching off, bro. Start maybe drop some merch, something like that, and then you know, kind of brand yourself. Obviously, once you're done with college football, even though they're kind of dropping some rules now, you might be able to a little make a little money off yourself. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe. you know, yeah. I don't want to get myself in trouble here. Never mind. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, maybe, maybe. I I haven't. People have reached out, but I've just ignored it. I've just you know because those are against the rules. But um. That would be cool if they dropped those rules and, like, you can, like – because athletes should be able to make money off of their name and their likeness, you know, or at least get a percentage of the money that comes in from them because there are college football players that are worth half a million dollars or more. Right. There's no reason a fucking college athlete should have to have anything kind of similar to, like, Dior. Like, there's no reason why anyone should be sleeping in their car. Absolutely. 100%. It's insane. But – um, so what's next for you, bro? Just – you know, whenever 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 school decides to pick me up, whether that's Cal, whether that's Ohio, Dayton, um, any of those schools, man, that's that's the next move. I obviously I'd, I would love to play at Cal. That is my dream school. Um, but you know, a lot of stuff has to happen for that to work out. But I have full confidence that whatever happens, um, I'm going to go somewhere I'm wanted and where I can succeed and get a good degree and, and move on. So if you come to Dayton, I'm about to pull up. I'm not too far. Yeah, I like University of Dayton actually. I like them a lot. Um, me and their coach have a good relationship over there. So, yeah, man, it's it's a lot, but there's a lot that has to fall into place in order for 
certain things will work out. So we'll see, man. It's kind of up in the air for me right now. I'm just uh, enjoying the ride and, and trying to see, trying to navigate what the next move is for me. What's the next best move? For sure, bro. Um, one last question for you, bro. I appreciate all your time today, RJ. I know it's been kind of one of my longer podcasts and it's going to, it's a banger, but, uh, any advice for the young Juco athletes, high school athletes, maybe guys not getting any looks, give them some advice, bro. Look, so if you're a high school guy and you're, you're feeling underrated or, or overlooked, you need to ask yourself something. And this is going to sound really messed up, but are you actually underrated or overlooked there? Cause not, there's not a lot of guys who like can actually play ball, but get overlooked at their high schools or maybe even at their JUCOs. A lot of times, basically what I'm saying is you need to be honest with yourself. Are you really putting in the work? Are you really like that? Can you really play ball? So that's the first thing. If the answer is yes, undoubtedly, then you need to take a look at why is it, you're not getting those opportunities. It's probably your work ethic or your lack of focus. The three biggest things to succeed at the JUCO level is focus, okay? You need to focus. You need to work hard. But most importantly, and this is the biggest one, you have to, have to, have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, I don't care how hard you work or how focused you are, you will never go anywhere. You will never, ever make it to that point unless you, you're here with it you believe that you can do it that that's honestly the biggest thing that has helped me right so i'm just speaking from experience i have just had this almost insane level of belief in myself even if people are just like yeah you're crazy like people in my family talk to me all like say i'm crazy all the time at least well they used to you know obviously it's different now considering all things considered but that's you just have to have a conviction about yourself and you need to focus it in a way that's going to be beneficial for you. So just be honest with yourself, focus, work your tail off and believe in yourself. Those are the, those are the things that I would say will do you a lot of justice in the long run for anybody, you know, in that position. Yeah, for sure. RJ, I appreciate it, bro. Um, thanks for hopping on the show. I'm happy to be here, man. I'm really happy you reached out and asked me to. Yeah, no worries. Make sure y'all check out my boy. I'm going to link his Instagram, his Twitter, everything down below. Um, So y'all got to make sure y'all follow my boy, help him grow those followers, all that good stuff. (laughs) All right, my guy.